Yes, people, it's 78 bitches. Right, welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. Ah, oh, shit. Man, there's still stuff. The world is still burning. The world is still crazy. And we're going to be touching on a few friggin' things this episode. But there's something happened, right, this week. And I do find it baffling, right? I find it, it seems crazy to me. And I'm talking about this whole supposed viral <laughs> video of a like a brother finding a invitation to be the best man at his brother's wedding right everyone's like oh it's it's lovely it's you know what I mean heartwarming Man, I think it's just a patronising piece of shit. Like, it it seems crazy to me, right? So, there's this guy, Will, who's marrying his his partner. You know, they've been together for a minute. He's got a brother called Henry. Henry is... I don't know. He he's got uh, he he's aut- he's got autism of some type. I would imagine. Maybe it's Down syndrome. I don't know. But yeah. And the way they are talking to him. So they the video has Will and his fiance, who's holding the camera, and they talk to him like he's a motherfucking dog. It's it's crazy, right? And it's just like, oh yeah, I've been. I decided to, you know, come up with this concept because I know he really enjoys. And it's just like, hey, why don't you just ask him? I'm just. Uh, well, you don't think he's gonna get it? You don't think he's gonna understand? You have to make it a game. You have to, you know, treat him like he's a fucking child. It is. It, Crazy, right? If someone came out and um, you know, if you had a, a, I don't know, a meeting and people were like talking to people with autism in this way, there'd be uproar, be uproar. But this video, for some reason, is fine, right? It, it's just laughable. How people are happy to flip-flop with their fucking, you know what I mean? Just views. It's it's weird. Yo, the video is trash. It's a joke. And, you know what I mean? I feel that Henry should burn down the church. (laughs) Fuck their wedding. (laughs) That's what I say. But, like... Listen, that's not the only thing that is kind of crazy right now. There's you've got Alec, Alexi Navalani, oh, Navalani, right? Who is the um, 
Putin critic who is currently seriously ill in a German hospital. And people, like, his supporters are like, oh, we think he's been poisoned. No shit, Sherlock. We think he's been poisoned. What the fuck do you think happened? He criticizes Putin on the reg. Of course he's been poisoned. <laughs> of course he's been poisoned. There's a frigging track list of examples we can look at to show. Fuck with Putin. <laughs> you get disappeared. That's what happens. You know, the the first hospital he went to in um Russia are like, oh, we found no no signs of any poison in his Ah, <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> yes! They're gonna say that. They have to say that. Otherwise their funding is gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't criticize Putin. I mean, you would be crazy to do that if you're a Russian citizen. So, yeah, Navalny got poisoned. He probably understands. Like, he hasn't just been sitting around thinking, yeah, life's good. Everything is going to be great. The moment he came out with any negativity on Putin, he realized what he has done. You know what I mean? He realises he's walking around on borrowed time and at any minute he could get whacked. And let's not front on this, right? Just because he's in a German hospital, that doesn't mean he's safe. He could get friggin' snuffed at any time. But right now, this is a very good example to anyone else. You know what I mean? This is a, yeah, is a glaring example. Say anything out of line and this could be you. Right? That's what this is. That's what it is. It's fine. Look, everyone gets it. Everyone understands this is how it is. Right? And it will be while Putin is in power. But, you know, he's going to select who replaces him. <laughs> but it's the nature of things, people. It's the nature of things. You know, if like at some point the Russian people will, I don't know, overthrow him, you know, burn it all down, change the system. Because that's what the world does. It goes in these cycles, and there will be revolution, change, and then eventually a new despot will uh Rear their head And it will, you know Another cycle It's what happens We can look at the world and see these things You know Ah, uh, like <laughs> The other thing that amuses me Is Epic Games Right, Epic Games Trying a thing You know what I mean? Trying it Thinking that, ah, uh, yeah They've got one over. <laughs> I mean, they've got one over at Apple and Google. But, hey, when it went to the judge, I think what the judge did is, um, yeah, I think it's a, she made right calls 
on all the issues. You know, they, of course, they're going to go to trial in September. But right now, what was said, it makes sense, you know, right? Because, um, yeah, like, now, it was crazy when Apple were like, we're going to ban the Unreal Engine and all of that. Because, yeah, that will, you know, that's definitely a fuck you Epic's games, but it does then impact a whole heap of other people as well. So when the judge said Epic Games and Apple are at liberty to litigate against each other, but their dispute should not create havoc to bystanders, that is a very real and just statement. So yeah, I, I, you know, I think that was good But it's right in um, the next thing she said, right? She said, however, regarding Fortnite Epic had strategically chosen to breach its agreements with Apple Because that's what they did Like, they knew what they were doing, right? They knew exactly what they were doing because they had all the legal shit already in place to, um, yeah, to sue, right, so they knew, now, if, if Epic had come out, and, you know, without doing this little stunt, you know, try to change things, right, that would have been a different thing, but no, they signed agreement, they know what the rules are, so you don't circumvent them, work on a new agreement, right, it's like, and let's be frank, Epic aren't a small little company, they're not David trying to fight Goliath, no, Epic are fucking huge, right, so yeah, let's not, you know, get things twisted on that front, <laughs> Epic just decided they don't want to pay So they tried a thing And yeah, <laughs> they got their hands slapped <laughs> oh, And I find it amusing, I really do Oh man, but people, let's get this shit started, right? So um, yeah Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, yeah, let's go, people. Let's fucking go. So something weird is going on in Scotland. I mean, you know, uh, something new. <laughs> Not the usual weird shit that goes on in Scotland. But on the 14th of August, the government issued a blanket ban... For, uh, I, I don't know if it is just um, restaurants and hotels, right? But it's definitely, they are definitely part of this ban. But you can no longer play music. You can no longer have background music in those premises. Which does seem very bizarre. Now, their thinking is, right... Music <laughs> increases the spread of COVID. <laughs> yes. Now you might be thinking, hold on, that's a that, that how what? 
Now, what they're assuming is people will lean in to hear. And as you're leaning in, you know, and you've raised your voice, there is more chance (laughs) that you're going to spread it. Right. Now, they may be kind of thinking if you're speaking loudly, there are more chance of, you know, spittle spraying from one's mouth. But I would have to say that it doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, matter how loudly you speak. Some people just spit when they speak. No, that it doesn't matter how loudly they speak. Some people, yeah, some people you need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a a, a face guard <laughs> because yeah. They spray (laughs) You know what I mean They spray Now if you are shouting At the top of your lungs Yes everyone is gonna Omit You know Particles from one's mouth But Just talking A little bit loud No It's not across the board It's, it's, It's a crazy thing But then also, right, you have to kind of say to yourself, background music, right, background music is never meant to be loud, you know what I mean, like a background music, people can talk at just a normal volume, because the essence of it is, it is just there, it is just there to kind of Kill the white noise Yo, you, you might not even be able to Hear directly every single lyric It's just in the background Hence it's background music I just, It's a weird thing to say that Yeah, you have to kill it Yo, that It just seems a bit bizarre Now, it, if they wanted to issue something saying that you know, until further notice, people who are playing music, televisions, whatever, in their premises, it can't go over a certain volume, right? Now, that's probably a a, a fair thing to say. You could say that. But to say none whatsoever does seem rather weird. Now... I do feel, though, a lot of restaurants and, you know, hotels and, and the like have come out and said, you've got to reverse this because basically you've given us the kiss of death. You know, people won't come because now there's no ambience. And I kind of feel that's, that, that's ridiculous as well. Right, you can have ambiance without music, right? You don't need music for ambiance. I don't know why I keep on saying it like that. Rather ambiance, but yes, you don't need music for it, right? The amount of times that there's plenty of places I go where there is no music, but there's always a buzz. Everyone's always happy, and they're you know. 
chatting away. I mean, it is a brothel. So, yeah, there's other things. I'm joking, people. I'm joking. I don't have the money for brothels. You know what I mean? Flop houses, maybe. Brothels are a little bit rich for my money right now. You feel me? And, um, yeah, no, you don't need music. I mean, saying it's the kiss of death for my... No, come on. That's a bit ridiculous. Like, I, I, I kind of get why they're saying it. Right, they're being over the top because they feel, oh, yeah. I mean, someone probably said, oh, if we say it's the kiss of death, that might help reverse the situation. Mean, it's never going to help reverse. <laughs> you know, the government have done something ridiculous. They, you know, the chances of them backstepping is very slim. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I get why you've said kiss of death. It's not going to work. Right? And it doesn't make you seem stupid. Like, look, there's other things you can do to create an ambiance in your premises. You know, that comes down to lighting, to colours, you know, to visuals. Right? Bring those in. And that that creates a buzz. You know, there's, uh, there's just plenty of things you can do to create that perfect... That fun, well, the atmosphere that you want, right? You don't need music, but you should have the option, right? You should have the option, and that's the crazy thing. Now, one person has said, right, and I do feel this is right, right? That in a place where there is no music, there is no sound, people tend to whisper more. It's a weird thing, like, it really is a weird thing, because it's just like, oh, now it's so quiet, people can hear what the fuck we're saying, I don't want people to hear my business, yo, come in, I've got something to tell you, so that in itself, it can create the thing that the government are supposedly looking to, you know, counter, on the flip, right, we've had so much just, you know, odd information, you know, but you know, the, the amount of times I've heard that, oh, you know, and this is from who, right, they, they, they've said in recent weeks and months that, oh, the, the thought of being able to, um, you know, catch the virus from services, you know, we've now found that that's not true. We've now found that, yeah, catching it just in the air is another thing that's very, you know what I mean? We don't think that's true either. So, the... the I, I read just the, a couple of weeks ago, right, that they now saying that the, the only real way to catch it off someone is, like, you know, physical touch, right? If you're, you know, if someone has it and you swap spit with them, if you're, if you're kissing them, fucking them, you know, doing anything like that, you know, their sweat on your, on you, like, then you you could catch it, right? But you're not gonna get it other ways. 
So there's so much contradictory information out there to then say, you know have people make these blanket decisions saying, oh, you can't do this because you just go, what? Just can you just tell us what's true and what isn't? Right? How about that? How about you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's all very weird. It is very weird. But hey, Scots, my Scottish people, I don't think this situation is getting reversed. So I think right now you're going to be living in a footless world <laughs> until the foreseeable future. So just pray for a Patrick Swayze type to come to your town and save your asses. Because, you know, it's the only way. Right now, there is a lot of controversy over over a film that hasn't even come out yet. Right? So I'm talking about Cuties. You know, uh, which is a French film, right? It goes, its actual French title is, um, I think it's pronounced uh, Mignonese. I think I'm probably wrong, right? But, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so it, it's, a, it's a film... Well, it's a, it's a, it's hard. there's so much, it's hard to, do, like, break all of this down, you know, but it's from, oh, god damn it, I'm gonna butcher this name as well, um, Miamuna Dukuri, I think, yeah, uh, she's a Senegalese French lady, right, I believe, um, and, like, so the film follows an 11-year-old girl called Amy, who's from Senegal, and who is torn between her family's traditional conservative lifestyle and the escape offered by free-spirited neighbour Angelica and her dance gang. So, you know, it the you know the, the director Dukuri she won um the World Cinema Dramatic Directing Award at this year's Sundance. Yo, so this is the crazy thing as well. The film has been on the festival circuit. People haven't complained, <laughs> but now all of a sudden, people complain. And so, it kind of comes from a poster Netflix put out to uh, promote the film, where you had these girls in little kind of, um, I don't know, I guess it's like cheerleading, like in cheerleading outfits, Uh, they're in like these poses, you know, they're all kind of glammed up, and that was one of the posters that Netflix put out, right, and, yeah, everyone's, everyone's going a bit crazy about it, 
You know? Now, the thing... The thing about this really is as well. Firstly, people have decided to judge the film on the poster alone. Which, come on, that's bullshit. It's it's bullshit. Because we all, like, we have all seen, like, weird posters for things. And then you see a film or a TV show, you know, whatever, whatever. And and it's nothing like... (laughs) What the poster portrayed Secondly Now everyone's saying that this is Hypersexualized Right If you want to look at it like that Now It wouldn't be the poster that I would have used You know Wouldn't It wouldn't have And Netflix had changed it But Right, if you are looking at that going, ooh, well, they look a bit too sexy. This is ro- like what what's going through your mind? Like, what the fuck is going through your mind? Now, um Teresa Thompson, the actress, she has been really trying to change people's opinions and educate around this. You know, like she's been getting into huge Twitter back and forths, let's say, with people. You know, her original tweet was, I think it's one of the originals anyway. Cuties is a beautiful film. It gutted me at Sundance. It introduces a fresh voice at the helm. She's a French Senegalese black woman mining her experiences. The film comments on the hypersexualization. Of pre-adolescent girls Disappointed to see the current discourse Which I feel is fair, right? But so many people seem to have So many things they want to say about it Without seeing the film So they might have seen a trailer And a poster, that's it But they have things to say Like this one lady said Um Teresa, yes, you believe in feminine empowerment for black women And I applaud you for that But the main character is Muslim Who is taught her religion is oppressive and wrong Because she wants to join a dance group with white girls And that she should shed herself of her hijab For her to embrace her femininity If the film was about her embracing her religion and hobbies together, it would be another case. Understand that portraying a religion as oppressive and getting involved with white people, white people's activities isn't an inspiring film. Now, (laughs) I feel, look, you may feel that, right? And that's why you can have those views But if the director is using her own experiences You know, to make this film She's allowed to do that Now for her, she might feel that You know, the the Muslim religion can be oppressive You know, can, it, it was, you know 
a thing that was used to try and hold her back from doing the things that she loves to do. That's a fair thing for her to say as well. You know, you can't say that she's not allowed to voice her opinions on this, but your opinions on this is right. No, we can't do that. That's some bullshit. And, uh, you know, it's also funny, right, because um, another lady, because, like, people are saying that the film is um, Islamophobic, right? Uh, And uh, another lady said, French Muslim people who have actually watched the film say the movie isn't Islamophobic. I think I'm saying that wrong, but, um, yeah. But yeah, saying it isn't at all It's the complete opposite actually So this is the thing, right A lot of people want to complain about stuff Without actually doing any sort of research Without looking at things They take a snap judgement Sometimes they haven't even seen the thing Or heard the thing They've just, someone has told them Someone has told them So now they're enraged You know, picket forks out You know, let's storm the building And it's just like, you can't comment It's not about you or for you (laughs) This This is a crazy thing, right? We see it all the time You know, every time there's something that happens and people will be, how about people try and do this shit with me? You know, people will be like, oh, you're, you're, you're talking with someone and someone else in the group, like someone says something and someone else in the group goes, you can't say that, that's racist. And you, and you just look at them and be like, what, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what they just said is not racist. Yuri, but people want feel that they should be the ones to police what people say and do. You know, even when they have no knowledge. Like this is the other thing about just this whole situation, right? That I do find interesting. Now, <laughs> people are complaining about the clothes these girls are wearing, right? But people aren't saying anything that the fact that you can go to any shop and find these clothes for little girls. You can find these clothes for babies. Right? How many times have you walked down the road and you've seen uh, like a five, six year old in just crazy ass clothes? Right, you can buy these clothes People don't have any issue When it comes to any of like Simon Cowell shows You know, the the people got talent And all of that kind of nonsense When you have little girls and, and kids come on In just very questionable attire No one has anything to say about that You know what I'm saying? Right, no one has anything to say about. Oh gosh, what is it? It's like toddlers and tiaras, right? That's a show, and um, dance mums, 
Like, I feel there's other ones like these. They, they air. No one has any issue with those. No one has any issue with things like these Irish dance competitions. And, to, like, I, I know a guy, right? He's got a little girl. Well, I see a little girl and a little boy. They're not so little anymore. But when they were... Young, right? They were probably, I don't know, not even 10, but they were doing these Irish dance competitions and they, like the girls, are just doled up. Doled up. No one has any issue with that. No issue at all. Which you scratch your head. You're just like, okay. You're allowing all of those things to go on. You you have no issue with any of those things. But this lady has made a film that is talking on this issue. Right? She's talking on the hypersexualization of children. Yo, know, she has made a film that you know, shines the light on this topic, but people, people want to cancel it, right, how does that make any sense, how does it make any sense, you know, there's so many music videos, so many, like, so many films, where you've got, like, crazy young girls in them, you know, or, all right, or, now this is the other thing, right, where it might not be a, a crazy young girl playing the role, but it is a, a, it's a girl who's, you know, it's an actress who might be 17, might even be 20, right, but she looks crazy young, so they put her in the role to play someone who might be 15, 14, and yes, fine, the actress isn't actually that age, but the character is meant to be that age, the intent is meant to be, so how is that then right, you know what I'm saying, like you, you, you have no issue with that, you have no issue with any of these weird talent shows. You have no issue with any music video. I think there was a... Uh, is it she, Sierra? Like, the um, there's that wolf woman. You know, woo! Like, I don't even know what I just did. But, like, how is, like, a wolf? I feel there's a Justin Bieber video. You know, and that woman that's the, on the chandelier thing. You know, like they've all made music videos with super young people. I think it's the one on the chandelier. I think I can't even know. Like, what's her name? Like she wears something over her face, right? Um, skier. I don't know. I I don't know, man. But she made a video. I swear she made a video um, with a girl from. I think it was Dance Mums. I thought that's what... I remember... I heard... Um, 
uh, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about it. Like, and it wasn't about, you know, like, this music video is crazy. They were just talking about this program and they're like, oh, I think the girl from the girls from it was in that music video too. But she's mad young. And in, I think, in the music video, she's wearing a, um, uh, what, do you call it nude when it's like skin color? I feel that's nude, right? Like she's wearing one of a, a bodysuit, a, a um, leot- leotard, but a nude one. So when you initially see it, it looks like she, she and I forget if it's Bieber or if it's this chandelier woman, but it looks like they're naked, which is super weird as a concept. Just on its own But no one has issues with that Right No one has issues with any of these things But a film That is You know Very critical Shining the light That that you've got a problem with You know the film that you haven't even seen What the fuck is that People Like tell me Please tell me You know like It's weird So many people have complained about it It doesn't make any sense You know there's videos on YouTube Videos on YouTube Where you have parents Bathing their kids Bathing their kids And the parents know what the fuck they're doing Because they've disabled comments Right, and it's not even a case of they they've disabled comments on all of it. No, comments are usually active, but on a bathing video, they've deactivated comments. So the parents know what they're doing, but though hey, no one's got an issue with that. The crazy shit you find on TikTok, no one has issues with, but you have an issue with this. I, I feel that as a society, we need to look at that, right? We need to look at all of this fucking entitled bullshit, right? This this thing where people feel that they can talk on issues which they haven't even looked into, you know? This white knight bullshit, this SJW Bullshit that people are doing That, like, this needs to stop, man And, listen Did Netflix fuck up? Yes! Netflix put out a weird fucking poster Yes, they did You know? But, it still doesn't I feel it it doesn't warrant all of this Some Fucking woman from the House of Candidates in America uh, Was it Irene Armandez Jackson She put out this It sickens me that Netflix is using its global platform To circumvent child pornography laws By airing cuties A movie about an 11 year old girl twerking her way to stardom (laughs) Like... What the fuck? How crazy is that? 
That's some ignorant ass statement. Straight. You know what I mean? Doesn't make any sense. You know this woman hasn't seen the film. Hasn't seen the film. But she's claiming that. But, hey, how about you do, you know what I mean? Do something about the church. Do something about the fact that the church fiddles so many kids. But they never, you know what I mean? They never hand the priests over. Right, they send the priest somewhere else, or they send them to the Vatican, you know, because it's it's technically a different country, so you can't go in and take them, right? How about you do something? Talk about that, you dumb moron! Just this whole thing is crazy. Look, hey, people, watch the film. When the film drops, how about people watch it and then comment? You know. How about people do that? Right? Because I, I I guarantee all of these fucking morons that are talking right now with their yappity yappy lungs, you know, they ain't gonna watch the film. They're gonna forget about this shit next week. You know? But it's just the current thing that allows them to get enraged. <sighs> God damn it. People are fucked up. People are weird. They just ir- people just irritate me, man. Ain't gonna lie. People fucking irritate me. Man, I have to say, it always, always just amuses me when I see something that is so off the mark, so tone deaf. It's crazy. So, Channel Four, a um broadcaster in the UK, they have just announced that they're doing a black takeover day, (laughs) right, so they're saying it's to kickstart a fresh push for greater on-screen representation, I mean, you should be looking at behind the screen as well, but whatever, right, so, um, The day will, what they're going to do is basically every program they have, they produce, right? They will turn it over to black talent, right? So their flagship programs such as Celebrity Gogglebox, Countdown, and a soap opera called Hollyoaks will all presented by... And starring black talent. Yeah. Which will be very odd. They're bringing back Big Brother. Sorry, not Big Brother. Big Breakfast. Right? Uh, For a one-off. And that's going to be hosted by Mo Gilligan. The comedian. So they're saying that it's... um, Kind of to mark the year... Well, they say, like, the year anniversary of George Floyd and then lead into Black History Month, which, eh, I know, whatever. And I always forget when Black History Month in the UK is meant to be, you know, because it's always just a bit of a joke, you know? I think it's just a just shitty thing anyway. Why a month? Just, like, <laughs> cover shit all year, people. What are you doing? 
But yeah, it's funny, man. Like, so their director of programs, Ian Katz, said Channel 4 was created to give voice to un underpresented parts of society and do things which other broadcasters would not. And the black takeover qualifies on both counts. <laughs> it will be much more than a day of eye-catching programming. Providing a focal point for our efforts to drive up on-screen representation, leaving a lasting legacy on the channel and beyond. Which, yeah, 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 man, it, it's weird, right? So their deputy director of programs and head of popular factual, Kelly Webb Lamb, said, this project involves every slot, every genre, and every corner of the channel, and will therefore be the most radical and meaningful intervention into diversity in the channel's history. Yeah, and look, my issue with all of that, just all of it, is it is laughable. It's laughable Because firstly, right, you're, you're saying Oh, we're going to put black people on all our shows And that's going to be great Like, how about Commission new stuff You're in commission new stuff Because you're just shoehorning Black people into stuff that already exists And, hey, have you thought about maybe don't want to be a part of that shit You know what I mean it, it, it's, it's ridiculous Oh you're bringing back A talk show A morning talk show For one day You're bringing it back for one day And you're going to have Mo Gilligan host it Right Mo Gilligan is A black face That you're happy to use Already so that's not widening any, you know, sphere of influence. You're using someone who you find acceptable. You know, the, the, I thought the idea with this stuff is to give new talent, new voices an opportunity. By using someone who you already use a lot, that's not doing that. You know, there's other people you could have had. And as I said, look... You're using existing programs Using existing programs Which you don't really Have black people on anyway So now it's just going to look so glaring <laughs> By doing this Right, so the The soap opera Hollyoaks Yeah, they've been, there's been black people in that soap opera But from Because I remember checking it out When it first started and the black character had a terrible storyline. Just a terrible storyline. And I've talked to people who watch that show. And yeah, that shit continues. It continues. They don't give the black characters any real scope. They always have shitty jobs. It's ridiculous. And one thing that, that you know they love to do in soap operas, they'll have like they bring in a black girl. 
and have her be madly in love with the ugliest dude on the show. Yeah, it's just ah, it's so frustrating. Then you find out that you know a load of black actors and actresses have, have said that they've experienced racism while working on that show. Yeah, no shit. Yo, it's hilarious because, you know, the producers are like, oh, we find it deeply shocking and saddening to hear about these issues. And it's just like, why? Why would you? Because you don't, you don't give your black talent anything. Your storylines are trash. They make no sense. So, like, why are you so shocked that there might be racism when your storylines are pretty much racist anyway? That's the crazy thing. It's a ridiculous... I I just feel this is a ridiculous notion. Because you're saying, oh, people, we're going to do more in a year's time. Just do it now, fuck faces. You know what I mean? Like, why wait? Why hold it to one day? Just say you're making an effort to increase diversity on your show. On, on like, just everything you do. In front of the camera and behind the camera. Why don't you just do that? You know, work on that. Commission new shows. Don't shoehorn people into the already, just the, the trash you already produce. Do something new. Do something interesting, because you know you like the just the the weird statements, you know that you want to put out, like um, you know like the channel was created to give voice to unrep underrepresented parts of society, but you're not giving voice. You're pushing them into these already conceived vehicles that you find appropriate. Giving people voice would be, hey, what kind of program would you like to have? Okay, that sounds great. Let's work on putting that together. That's giving them a voice. You know what I mean? That's what that is. Not this weird idea that you have. And like, oh, it's Black Takeover. You're giving a day. You're giving a day. No, that's not a takeover. That's a rental. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you are letting people sublet. <laughs> oh, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> it's it's black subletting day. God damn it, man. Ah, this is laughable. It really is. And then they just want to pat themselves on the back like they've just done something incredible. (laughs) And, like, the worrying thing is, right, that you're saying this is the most meaningful thing that you've done in the history of your network. This is it. You shouldn't be proud of that. You should be shamed of that. 
Right, the, like there's, you know, I forget when Channel 4 came into existence But it's been going for a while Right, it's been going for a while And to have something that, yeah, you're saying was created to give voice And now you're saying this is the first time you've given people Then it wasn't <laughs> It, you mean it wasn't actually created to give voice If this is the first time that it's doing that Then what the fuck What have you been doing all of these years <laughs> You know what I'm saying Okay so the channel came into play on the 2nd of November 1982 So yeah it will, when this happens, it will be, um, oh, 39 years. Yeah, that's a joke, man. That really is a joke. Well, great one, Channel 4. You've just Pringled yourselves. And I said, if you don't get the reference, Pringles wanted to, uh, get out of paying so much tax. You know, there's a higher tax for crisps than there are for biscuits. So Pringles, the smart asses they are, came out and said, listen, we should be paying the lower tax because, hey, just between you and me, there's hardly any potato. <laughs> there's hardly any potato in our chips. If they're left out, they're gonna go. They don't go stale, do they? They go, they go soggy, right? So that quantifies what a cake does. You know, so yeah. So as you can see, we're not a crisp. We're more in line with a cake. Just look at the other shit we make. You know that make this up. And the judge looked and was like, "Nope, you're a crisp." <laughs> So they didn't get the tax break And now everyone knows That they're a piece of shit So uh, yeah That's what Channel 4 have done They have pringled themselves <laughs> You dumb motherfuckers Give, Take a bow Channel 4 Take a fucking bow Alright, so, man, I was just looking, just looking into this Jacob Blake situation, because I think it was, I think it was maybe, I forget, I don't know, I saw the video on um, Instagram, it was either the Jizza or Lil Duval had it, and, like, at first, you don't think it's real. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is this from a film? Is like, what the fuck? It makes no sense, right? It makes no sense. He's with the police. He's not doing, he's not trying to escape. He's not doing anything crazy. He opens up the car and then they just unload. Unload seven shots into his back. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, someone needs to explain to me 
What the fuck is that? Then you read that he had his kids in the car. So they just don't give a fuck. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, right? One of those bullets could ricochet, kill one of his kids. And even if you don't kill one of the kids, the motherfucking emotional trauma from that. Are you... (laughs) Like, what? What? How, like, how is that justified? I don't understand how that seven shots. Right, you're you're that afraid of your, there's, I I forget how many. There was, I, I feel, at least four police there, right? And two right by him. So... (laughs) Are you that afraid of your life? Well, they, they, I don't feel there is anything that justifies seven shots in the back. Some crazy ass shit. That really is some crazy ass shit. And what I find crazy is so after, you know, because of that, oh man, you know, Kenosha has just exploded. Which. I mean, that isn't good, right, that's not good, like, if you were just protesting, fine, but the the looting, the rioting, you know, there was a video of people just going smashing cars, and it's just a bit like, how is this helping, like, this isn't helping, you know, this is people that just want to break shit, Right, and it, and it's your community. You're fucking up your own community. You know, that's the thing that makes no sense. Because understand, like you know, I mean, some lockdowns have been eased, but we're still in a shit situation. So if you think people are then gonna come and amend your broken shit, no, they're not gonna do that. And especially with certain areas, they're not gonna do that. So. Uh, it is always frustrating seeing that, but I mean, you could you could definitely see that happening. You know, you shoot someone in in ex you know execution style. Yeah, we're gonna have serious fucking problems, right? But I think the officer who shot. The shots has been suspended. But I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't really, I don't get it. Like, if it was a situation that was just a bit like, oh, it's hard to see who was at fault there. Like, it's hard to see. Uh, you know what I mean? I can understand why the officer had to shoot, you know? That's a tough one. No, there's nothing really tough about this. That motherfucker opened up seven fucking times in the dude's back. Like, if that's not gross misconduct, I don't even know what is. Right? I don't even know what is. 
you it's that that dumb woman that called the police um you know the one early early on in this craziness in i think it was march right and she didn't have a dog on the leash in the park i think it was in central park right and she called the police talking crazy she lost her job right she lost her job now I don't necessarily feel she should have lost her job. Now, I would have said she should get fined for making a bullshit call. Right? Because if that wasn't videoed, like her saying she was being attacked, yeah, it's fucked up. Right? So, you know, but what I'm saying is she got sacked. Right? She lost her job for that. So, someone unloading seven shots into someone's back. You you understand what I'm saying here, people? Yeah, you kind of look at those two situations and you feel... Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the officer, you know, should be in some sort of trouble. That's just not a... Oh, let's, let's try and see what happened. We know what happened. We know what happened. Like the dude, he did. He did something fucked up. And even if, right? Even if there, I I was. I can't see anything where you just go that warrants that, right? But maybe you see something. His actions, they still show a um. An inability to really handle a situation, right? So you kind of feel that that guy can't be a police officer, right? Because he's got bad fucking judgment, straight bad judgment. Yo, so look, we don't know. So it, to say it's a you know he's a racist or anything. Nah. You can make assumptions, but we don't know. But what we do know, he can't. You know what I mean? He his ability to um, analyze a situation is, yeah, that's off like a motherfucker, right? So he should not be a policeman. And I feel this is a big thing. There are a lot of people that. Just don't have the skills to be a police person. You know what I mean? So I, you know, what I mean? when people talk about defunding the police, I don't think that's a thing, right? Train the fucking police. You know, fix the recruitment situation because that process is fucked when you're allowing people like this into the force. So that needs to get looked at. But it's like um. You know, you have to act on these things, right? Because it just shows a, a, a lack of justice, right? When with all of these situations, the amount of time it's it's taken between the incident and the officers involved to be charged, it just takes way too much fucking time. So, like... With George Floyd, those officers, 
that took a that took a while before anything really happened. You know, we had um oh gosh, Almad Arbery. Right? That was over a month. And I you know what I mean? We you kind of feel it, something happened with that only because the video surfaced. You know, and this is the issue. This is why people feel like our lives don't matter. This is the problem. You know, I'm surprised. I was really surprised to hear that Jacob Blake is still alive. Right, he's in intensive care, but he's still alive, which. Yeah, I did not think he was going to be alive after that But when you hear about his fucking injuries It's not good It's it's not good at all It's like, um, what, I feel he has had um, What is it, I think his colon And most of his small intestine removed you, you know what I mean? That's just... Fuck! God damn! Yo, he's paralysed. Yo, they... They severed his spinal cord. <laughs> yo, he got shot through the stomach, the arm. Uh, these are not good in... Like, this is horrendous. So... For the rest of his life, he's going to be wheelchair bound. Right? So there's that. He's then, you know, going to have to have a colostomy bag, I feel. Right? If you've lost your small intestine and your colon, I think that that means you've got to have a colostomy. Or there's a I know there's another situation up from that. But it's one of those You know That's Yeah He's 29 20 fucking 9 And Like Just think of the Now the financial burden That all puts on his life Biz Who knows where he's living right now But I can guarantee It's probably not wheelchair accessible you know what I mean? It's probably not wheelchair accessible. There's not many places are. Like, home-wise. You have to make those adaptations. So, who's going to pay for all of that? He'll need an, an, a specially adapted car. Yo, so, these are just the things off the top of my head that he'll need. Right, probably a whole heap of medication Okay, so just all of that All of those costs Work? What's going to happen with work? I don't know what he did for a living But he's not going to be able to go back to it for a good-ass while There's all the rehab, everything like that Then the mental trauma from all of this so, who's covering all of that? Because you kind of feel the police department should. The police department should be paying this motherfucker for the rest of his life. 
Every police department should be paying for his kids to see a psychiatrist to deal with the fucking nightmares they probably uh, are having from seeing their dad shot in front of them. Who's covering all of this shit? You know? And also, so in this piece, talking about all of that, at, um, yeah, you know, towards the bottom, and then it just goes, uh, oh, court records show he had an open arrest warrant. Like, that's not relevant, right? That isn't relevant to what happened. The, the, you know, the fact that he had these these warrants Not relevant Right, nothing justifies what happened And what is the point in bringing that up? You know, you kind of feel like the only reason to mention that Is to for people to be like, oh, he was a piece of shit So, yeah, like, don't cry, don't get upset he, you know what I mean, he was a piece of shit, so, you know, he deserves what he got, because why else are you bringing that up, you know, when we talk, when you talk about other people and stuff like that, there's never a bit like, um, 10 years ago, they were arrested for blah, 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 or, oh, they've been banned from driving, because they were, you know, caught, intoxicated on the road, like, None of that stuff ever gets brought up in like pieces, but for some reason, like the person who put this together felt it was necessary to include that information. Good going, journalist. Well done. Pat on the back for you, you piece of shit. <sighs> Fuck's sake. Like, you know, I don't expect you know, the world to to change in these huge, you know, by these huge leaps and bounds. I don't expect racism to go. You know, I mean, it's never gonna go. But you would think, you would think, after all the high profile, just disgusting bullshit. That has been happening in the last few months. Right? With all of that. You would think. That the police would. You know. Maybe. Hold it down a little bit. Think a little bit. And. Also. Why the fuck. Aren't all police wearing. You know body cams. That's also a thing I want to know. Why aren't they all wearing body cams? Right, supposedly these police officers have microphones, but not body cams. Microphone doesn't mean shit. (laughs) Look, going back to that woman in the dog park, what she said and what was going on, two different things. So, a microphone... You could say, oh, hold on, he's got a bazooka. He's got a bazooka. Ah! So you can say anything. Doesn't mean it's real. Doesn't mean it's there. But, like, it should be a thing right now that every fucking 
officer has to have a body cam. Because otherwise, we wouldn't know what went down, you know, at the weekend if it wasn't for like one of his neighbours videoing it. How fucked up is that? And imagine what we would have found out, what we would have been told <laughs> if there was no video. Huh. I, I guarantee it would have been a different fucking story. I mean, we've seen that with Brianna Taylor. You know, because that story, they they lied a few times before the truth came out on that. So fuck. This is some bullshit, man. This is straight up bullshit. <sighs> Man, fuck. Alright. We need to uh, try and change the pace up in this, right? Okay. Alright. Let's try. Okay, so it would seem that common sense has completely left the room right now. What the hell, yum foods? You're a bunch of morons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I say yum because they're the owners of KFC. And right now, KFC have just done one of the most moronic things you can ever imagine. Actually, no, there's probably, there's definitely more moronic. But yeah. I, I, you know what, scrap that last sentence Because, it, it, yes, I admit, it's hyperbole There are definitely more moronic things than this But, but, this does come kind of high, right? So, right now, with KFC reopening most of their stores, right? They have changed their branding for the current moment Where, um, you know, they, they used to say finger licking good They have now decided to pixelate that on advertisings and banners And um, on their, uh, you know, buckets and stuff like that they're saying they're putting <laughs> they're putting this that thing we always say ignore it for now just what the fuck <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about right supposedly right a um a load of people have complained about their adverts calling them irresponsible because they encourage people's behavior which could you know cause them to catch covid and i i, I just have to say to myself what are you talking about you dumb motherfuckers what are you talking about right there there is already so many advertisements around saying wash your hands wash your hands in toilets there's things saying wash your hands now i'm you know i i listen people if you haven't been washing your hands you know up to this moment right and when i say this moment i'm saying march right if before march you weren't washing your hands Frankly, you 
we don't need your genes. <laughs> we don't need your genes. You deserve to die. Go away, you morons. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, come on. <laughs> like, I, I feel we all should know when we should be washing our hands. Right? If, if you need a sign to tell you after you've taken a dump that you should wash your hands, then you have issues. <laughs> you have some deep-rooted issues. Right? And, hey, listen, right? If I've been traveling and all of that, I will wash my hands before. And, and even if I haven't been traveling, right? If I've gone out to eat. I'm I'm washing my hands before I eat. Right? I'm usually going to the toilets. I'm gonna wash my hands. Just because all that grimy bullshit on the underground or just like door like just in general. I'm gonna go wash my hands. So <laughs> you know I don't need to be told to wash my hands before I eat. Right? So there is that. But now I've started to eat. Okay, so I've gone, I've washed my hands. Now I'm gonna tuck into some food. And hey, it's chicken. I'm using my motherfucking hands. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Especially if it's on the bone, come on, people. You let we all know a knife and fork is not getting all that chicken off the bone. Right? And if you're going to let that chicken just go, if you're going to throw that, you're foul and we cannot be friends. So I'm picking that motherfucker up. I'm picking it up and I'm going to clean that motherfucking bone. That's what we do, right? So if I want to lick my fingers, I'm going to lick my fingers because my hands are clean, my hands are clean. They have been washed. Me licking my fingers now isn't going to cause me COVID. Right? That is one of the most ridiculous things. Is it like I do, anyone basically if I work for the advertising board, right? And someone sent in that complaint, I'd send them a letter telling them, you know what I mean? They probably need to find the, you know, the closest bridge. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they need to do. Hey, why are we trying to protect morons? You know what I'm saying? Why? So, the fact that KFC changed, changed their branding, it, it, it's just, it's baffling. It honestly is baffling. Because they are just going, oh, yeah, we we kind of figure that, you know, people that eat our food are dirty motherfuckers. So, oh, we shouldn't be telling people to lick their fingers. You know, if you really think, right, that licking your fingers after eating is hazardous... Then there's, you know, there's no bringing that slogan, bringing the slogan back. You're deading that slogan. And why did you have that slogan in the first place? That's what you have to say. Because there are so many illnesses, diseases out there. 
There's so there's a lot. Like COVID isn't the first thing that's come around. There's been a lot of different shit. <laughs> so it is just like if that's the issue, then you should just say across the board, people don't lick your fingers. You know? Because they are saying that they're going to bring it back at the appropriate time. It's just like, what the fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? It's just stupid. People, KFC were, you know what I mean? They started in 1930. 1930. Do you understand what the world was like in 1930? <laughs> you know, people were dying of polio, typhoid. There was a lot of shit people were dying at. You know? So, <laughs> I think, hey, let's even just think, right? Remember when AIDS hit, when HIV was that big thing. People thought you could get it from holding hands. So, if you're not changing your slogan then, right, when loads of people were dropping dead and no one knew, like, everyone was just baffled, everyone was scared, why the fuck are you doing it now? KFC, shame on you. But, even more so, on the idiots, the morons, (laughs) the Neanderthals, the Sent in those complaints Because you people Please Please Do not procreate You are thick You are dumb You, You're just Worthless <laughs> Worthless motherfuckers <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> I I don't know if the human race can survive when we do stupid shit like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay, people. Yo, once you're done with this, go check out today's episode of Chin Check. I think it's episode 75, right? Uh, we look back at the... Oh, what is it? Week four of Dana White's Contender Series. And we also preview the Smith-Rackage fight taking place at the weekend. So, definitely an episode not to be missed. Go check it out once you're done with this. And people, share with your friends, alright? Don't be stingy. I mean, spread that love, alright? Let's get back to this, right? Let's go. Okay, people. So a little while back, I checked out season one of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. And, you know, it it wasn't perfect, but it was a decent watch. You know what I mean? So I figured, hey, let me see what happens in season two, right? Um... So that's what I did <laughs> So yeah, this week we're talking um, You know, Jack Ryan season 2 Now, as uh, I guess most people know The TV series is based on the Tom Clancy novels You know, not the films, but the novels Which, you know, the films were also 
based on. Uh, Carlton Coos and Graham Rowland, you know, created this new iteration of the TV series. Um, Ramin Dajwadi uh, composed the, uh, the, you know, the music and whatnot. Richard Rotolowski, Chico Vares, and Christopher Falona are the cinematographers. And along with John Krasinski in um, season two, we also have Michael Kelly, who's playing a character called, um, wait for it, Mike November. Yup, yup, that's right, people, Mike November. Naomi Rapace, uh, she is playing Harriet Bowman. Or Harry, uh, as she's known by her friends, or you know, just people that are angry with her, it would seem. Uh, we have also got um, Jordi Malaya, who will be pl- who well, who plays Nicholas Reyes, who's the um, you know, leader. The Presidente of Venezuela Uh, We have got Christina Umana Who plays Gloria Bonalad Who is um, opposing him in the election Uh, We also have Jovan Adepo Who, um, yeah, he plays a character called Marcus Going by the handle of Uber, um, so he's a, a mercenary, well, kind of a mercenary, he's like ex-Navy, okay, um, who else do we have, uh, Francesco Dennis, um, who plays, uh, Abari, who works in the government for, um, Reyes, um, yeah, oh, you know, Wendell Pierce obviously is back as James Greer, and we also have, um, oh gosh, what's the dude's name, Tom Wallachia, who plays, um, an assassin called Max Schnellkoll. Yeah, so they are the um, the new additions in the cast. And the premise is this. After tracking a potentially suspicious shipment of illegal arms in the Venezuelan jungle, CIA officer Jack Ryan um, heads down to South America to investigate. As Jack's investigation threatens to uncover a far-reaching conspiracy, the president of Venezuela launches a counterattack that hits home for Jack, leading him and his fellow operatives on a global mission spanning the United States, UK, Russia and Venezuela to unravel the president's nefarious plot and bring stability to a country on the brink 
of chaos. Boom, boom, boom. So, yeah, I mean, season two, it's an interesting thing, right? I, I kind of feel if you watch it relatively, you know, all together, it probably plays out better. There's the story, it is cut, it does really feel like it's been stretched out, you know, it's eight episodes, but, like, some stuff you do, it's just one of those things, you know, like, with some of these kind of stories, like, you, you have things that happen, where you're kind of scratching your head, like, wait, but, why would they go there? And, well, surely you just tell that person, right? You know what I mean? And instead of doing this, they go there or, you know, and you're just like, what? That makes no sense. You know, so there's a, there is a lot of that. And I guess in season one, you know, like, Ryan is a bit more, I don't know, like, open-minded, in this one, he's not so much, but we don't really, kind of, we don't know why, right, because after we find out in season one, you know, that he was, he'd been in that horrendous helicopter accident and everything like that, so you'd think that would be enough to jade you, but if that doesn't, so what's the thing that kind of Shut you off We don't know We don't know You know We do know That um, His girlfriend from the first season Nowhere She is Completely absent this time around Which is a little bit baffling Because there's, there's just no reference At all Like there's not a scene with him You know A little upset you know, nothing like that, right, and he's doing things in this one, which you think makes no sense, like he has a one night stand with, uh, you know, Harry, which, you know, whatever, right, but (laughs) it's, it's the craziest thing, because she gets up in the middle of the night, and goes through his stuff, which, You kind of feel for, you know, a spy, essentially. You know, someone that should know better. His stuff is just all out, all out in the open for someone to rifle through and steal. So that's a little bit odd, right? But then we get that, you know, kind of thing where, oh, you find out that the person... Who you thought was just a journalist that you slept with isn't really and is someone else. You know? But because she helps you out of a of a, a bind, you're like, oh fine, I'll let her off. But then you meet her again and she's someone else. And then you meet her again and she's someone else. But never, this is the crazy thing, at no point. Do we have him just go, no, 
Like, no. And I think that's one of the biggest issues I have with, you know, a, a show like this. Is there, there are a lot of things that go down. And you're just like, wait. With someone working at this level for the government, for the CIA. Why the fuck are they going to then... You know, work with someone in that capacity After you just found out That that person is a lying piece of shit Right, it, ma- it makes no sense You know, you c- look, I get that you work with them Because you think, okay, I need that intelligence So we're going to do But then you'd put more caveats in place, surely Right, but we never see that so that's a that's one of the baffling things, you know, the things that you see and you're just like, wait, this makes no sense, no sense, right? So there's that. There's this issue, right? So um, I mentioned Uber earlier, right? So you know he gets recruited to do this mission, right? Um, by Matisse, who. Who's the army operative that helps Jack out and Greer in the first season? Right, so he recruits Uber and they go on this mission. And um, his job is to man the boat, right? Man the boat. And the, the rest of the team go out into the jungle to do this operation. And he hears... Gunfire. I think it's he hears gunfire or he sees people, you know, go after them. Instead of staying in the boat, you think, okay, things could get hairy. So when the team come running back, I'm going to be ready to, um, you know, offer suppressing fire and to drive our asses out. He's like, ooh, let me follow these people. And he follows them into the jungle. But the crazy thing, like he doesn't steer, he doesn't think, oh, I'll keep near to the boat, right? And he doesn't like open fire to help them. It's you just scratch your head because there is no rhyme or reason why he leaves the boat. And the other thing. He, so he's trained, right? He might have left the Navy, but he's trained. But for some reason, he leaves all these tracking devices altogether. Like, you think they'd be separated, right? So if something gets dropped or stolen, you've still got others. No, that is not the case. These are, like, things that make... No sense, and we never get an answer Never get an answer for, especially the big one Like, why did you leave the boat? It's never answered And that's a huge, it's not a big plot spoiler or anything like that But it's just a huge thing But yeah, it, it is, it's kind of baffling so there's all of this going on, right? And, you know, there's a Venezuelan, you know, elections and everything like that. So we've got all of this craziness. 
but then you've got the um you know the the the, the thing that Greer's going after and so you've got all these kind of plot points that they do kind of um tie together does feel a little convoluted and it does feel a little bit contrived the way it all just fits together neatly into this thing you know but like there's there's other things in the series that makes you go huh like I guess it's the hmm without any spoilers well, let's just say, right, if you're talking about a government that is supposedly corrupt, supposedly corrupt and is ghosting people, then what would that mean for someone running against him? So there's that. Then you've ghosted these people. Surely you kill them? Right? That's one thing that you're just like, wait, it, it makes no sense. But then, but yeah, right, that's all I'm going to say on that, really. You know? Ain't too much is just a bit, yeah, too much. Um, like, you know, it is, in, like, it's enjoyable. Let's just say that. You know, it, it's not like. Because I guess with these things you kind of grow to expect certain things and certain plots to play out in a certain way, right? Which is fine. You know, you go, okay, yeah. Because the story is definitely kind of obvious. Like you can see where everything is going and where everything is leading. You know, they stretch certain things out, right? So there's an issue with Reyes and his hmm brother, maybe if not brother, friend. No, no, no. It's his like childhood friend. There's a thing with that him that does take a while because you know what's happening there. You can see what's happening there. We've seen it time and time again. It takes forever to play out. And there's no real reason why. <laughs> you know, there's no real reason why. And the reaction from someone, you're just like, like, wait, why are you sh-? Like, huh? Come on. You must know what's going to happen or has happened or could happen. Like, it's just, you know, people are acting in ways that you're just like, how would you not see this coming? Like, why are you shocked? You know? It's like when someone gets handed a bullet, there's, there's this kind of act like, wait, huh? I can't believe that. And you're just like, how did you, how do you not realize that is what was going to happen And you're lucky it's just that Right So there's a lot of people Who Act in one way But then when something 
goes in a certain direction. You it's played like they're in shock, and it's just like, but how would they be in shock? Like they know that this is a consequence of those actions. So look, you can have them alarmed, maybe like, oh, I I I didn't think it would happen this soon, or damn. I thought my the protection I had in place was good enough. That's fine, right? But don't act in shock like, oh, I'm surprised this happened. Because no, you're not. You're really not. Especially after everything that we have seen and you have seen. Right? Because that is baffling. One crazy thing was when they got to the UK... So we see the plane pulling into the airport And it goes past a double-decker bus A red double-decker bus And it's just like No <laughs> Like, that's not happening Like, none of the airports that are in the city Like, the airports that they would be going to You know? So they're not going past a double-decker bus Double-decker bus isn't on the motorway. That's ridiculous. You know, so that's crazy. And the, there's a fight scene in Leicester Square. And they end up on... I guess it's rooftops by the tape. And you're just like, well, that's not happening. Like, although... You know, when you kind of think about where the Tate is to Leicester Square, it's not necessarily that far away. Well, I say that. <laughs> but I, my, me and distances can be a little... Uh, it's probably, I don't know, half an hour. Actually, it might be f- about 40-minute walk. Maybe. 30 to minutes to half an hour. Possibly. I don't know. Depends. Right? But... To go up a building and then jump across roofs and you're there, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not that's not happening because um there's a river, <laughs> there's a river called the Thames, <laughs> like in between, <laughs> and there's no big buildings. There's no big buildings that would lead you there from where you are at Leicester Square. It's not. Happening, so yeah, is is kind of that bit was just like, but why? So there's other things you could have had them do. <laughs> this is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I just want to point out as well, and another thing that kind of baffled me here was, so a marksman, if a marksman loses his eye, right? Your depth perception goes. So you're going to have to retrain. It's not something where, oh, I'll I'll, I'll give myself a day and then I'll be fine. No. It will take longer. Now, I guess depending on which eye goes, because you always have an eye that's stronger than the others, right? So depending on which one is taken out, if, if, you know, if your dominant eye is still around, boom, that's great. But it's still going to take you a while to get used now to depth. 
So you're not going to be able to, um, you know, shoot people from range a couple of days later. It's not happening. That is crazy. Crazy. So, yeah, that was something that bugged me. Because it's stupid. It's just straight up stupid. You know? But, yeah. I guess, listen, it's not like season one made complete sense, right? You know? So, if you are fine at suspending belief and going, yeah, no, that's fully plausible. I I can see why that would do that and how that leads to that and blah, 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 blah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I get it. Then yeah, you'll have no issues You have no issues A lot of things get wrapped up nicely You know Like The end is very frustrating You know Very frustrating For the fact that Certain people don't get killed You know Just the fact that certain people are left alive is like what? Then certain people don't get killed Which then can lead to You know, reunions Which is just like, ugh You you then have it all getting Wrapped up real nice You know, especially at the very end And you're kind of thinking Wait, you know Jack He's not gonna, like, what? Why are you trying to, huh, what, and yeah, then this big reunion is just like, ah, god damn it, didn't need that, I I kind of feel it needs to end on a melancholy note, just because all the shit that must have, like, would have gone down, you know, but, hey, (sighs) whatever, man, it's been renewed, it's getting a season three, um, yeah, I don't know. I would suspect it's probably gonna be more of the same. I don't know if I'm gonna be sticking around for it. I would say probably not unless I hear something spectacular about the story that's just like, oh shit, sounds too good to miss, man. I'm on. I'm on for that. But uh, you know. It's not something that you're just like, I can't believe I watched all of that. Because, you know, all in all, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay. But is it great? No. No, it's not great. You know, the the acting is good. Right? We got good people up in this. So the acting is solid. Acting is solid. Right? They've made it look darker and moodier and all of that. So, yeah, cinematography, you know, direction, all of that works. Just, you know, story-wise, it's just a bit laughable. (laughs) But, hey, hey, or whatever, you know what I mean? But, yeah, if you like season two, if this kind of crazy shit... If you're down for that, 
You know, these weird espionage shows that make you scratch your head a lot because you're just like, but why? <laughs> if that's your bag, if you're down with all of that, then uh, yeah, for sure. Jack Ryan, season two, that's all you, baby. That is all you. And um, yes, on Prime. So you'll be able to watch it forever because it's one of their original series. So uh, yeah, go check it out at your pleasure, people. Okay, cool. Okay, so this week I checked out If I Don't Have You. So this is by Sarita Domingo. Um, It's narrated by um, Jacoby Dean and Jesse Romero. So the gist of the book is this, okay? So Afro-Brazilian filmmaker Ren is recovering from a romantic betrayal. Kayla is a black British artist and journalist keen to make her mark, thrown together during a a string of interviews in New York for Ren's latest film. They're struck by an irresistible attraction. The two surrender to one night of searing honesty and passion. Which leaves them with more questions than answers about the future. With secrets lurking between them. Letting their romantic romance continue could upend the separate lives Ren and Kayla have so carefully built. But can they really risk losing their miraculous connection? Hmm... I do feel that, yeah, that blurb doesn't really, like, it sounds good, right? And it's kind of correct, but also not, <laughs> you know? Um. So, yeah, I, I, so I figured I'll check out the book. I forget how I stumbled upon it, you know, because, yeah, I just kind of stumbled upon it. Weirdly enough, um, and ah, like, look, Domingo's writing is okay. I, you know, the writing isn't the problem with the book for me, really. Like, the main thing is just the setup. Like, the setup, it's a situation that doesn't just doesn't make any sense, right, on a reasoning standpoint, doesn't make any sense, right, so, they're at, a, she meets, um, you know, Kayla meets Ren at a um, press junket, right, for the film, so, I have been to these press junkets, right, I've done all of that, and I will tell you this, firstly, if you are a as a smaller you know outlet you're not getting that big time so you're not getting the time with the big big people and if you do it's very short you know it, sometimes you you get it because other things have fallen through 
Or, you know, I think if, you know, word is that, hey, your interviews are decent, right? You, you can often get stuff. And when you're the person that's just like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I'm happy to do. You know, you're not like, mm, my demands are. Rah, rah, rah. Right? So, yeah. Press junkets are an odd thing. So, just the fact, because we're told, you know, the website that she has, right? Um, is it murder in the name? Something like that, right? It's It's a new, it's very new. Not a lot of people know it. So you're just like, hmm, okay, so that as just a thing, firstly, you know, and the time and everything that she gets in that room, you're like, all right, okay, that's interesting, right, so there there is that, and then it's just like, from there, oh, meeting the airport, just, hey, airports are a Bitch. Now, I, okay, all right. I sh- I should probably because I'm coming from a, a a point that you know my eyesight's fucked. So seeing anything in an airport is an issue for me. Maybe other people, it's not that problem, right? But for me, it's just the idea of just bumping into someone at the airport is just kind of like, huh? Okay, I don't buy it, right? But so we have these situations and, uh, you know, every, everything that kind of goes, it's just, you know, those aren't the most egregious, maybe, right? But it's like um the reasoning for Kayla wanting to so desperately stay in America doesn't make any sense, right? The reasoning doesn't make any sense, right? Because firstly, you you're you're doing something that could be done anywhere in the world, right? The the whole website you could do that anywhere in the world. You don't have to be in the states, and you build that site up. That then in itself opens up your opportunity to go work there, right? So it's like. If you just played it like, listen, the, I, I realise there's other routes, but I don't want to take them. I want this shit now. I don't want to mess around. I don't want to, you know, I just want this now. Go. You know, that's a better, you can get that more. You know, I understand that. Right, but when you try and make it like, oh, there's no other options. It's so difficult. It's just like, mm, it's not though, right? There are other options. You just chose not to do them. You know what I mean? I think a little bit honesty in that. We then have um, I just like <sighs> if what you're doing is just to stay there. It's then not really... Like, I didn't get why it's a hard thing to talk about, right? Because, you know, if you've already said, oh, yeah, no, there's nothing between me and Cole, right? So then the other stuff isn't... It's not a difficult thing to talk about, right? Because it's just like, eh, you know what I mean? I'm just doing this thing, right? It's just like, whatever. But so 
there's a lot of these weird reasonings in the film. Towards the end, it was just like um the attack, right? It was just like, oh, you're so passive. Even your daughter, you probably knew. And it's just like, what? Like, that didn't... Like, bringing the daughter figure up didn't make any sense. Just because it's like, how would you know? You know what I mean? Like, I I don't think, like, the way it came out in the book, he didn't even know they were pregnant. So it's just like, you know, it, it was a weird thing to throw. And I think it's just this... This odd thing that, oh, both parties have to be kind of on the same footing in the situation. It doesn't have to be that, right? One person could have been an asshole. It's just it's as simple as that. The other person didn't necessarily chase, but the other person was told not to. So then what do you do, Right? So you can explore that, but it doesn't have to be, oh, well, you were partly to, but, and it's just like, let's stop with all of this, you know? Is it, it's silly. It doesn't make any sense. So there, there's kind of that. I think also, like, something that always infuriates me, right? Always infuriates me is when you have um, people in, you know, whatever trade they're in, right, and whenever it's like this sort of book, they're always, oh, and they became the best at it, at it, you know, and you're just like, what, that's not always, there's a grind, right, there's a grind, you don't often just walk into success, it doesn't happen like that. And you could be talented as fuck. But it takes you 10 plus years to really break through. But in this, it's just like, oh, yeah. You know, two years later, <laughs> you know, they're kicking ass. You know, they're the most talked about person. Have a book deal. Have this, have that. Oh, and the, the the whole sister thing, you know, and then you throw that in, and, oh, her show was sensational, so she, and it's just like, just, can we just taper that shit down, right, can we just look at it, you know, with a more realistic lens, like, shit don't always work out, shit don't always work out, like, they don't address the, just the offer, Right, just the offer. Because for someone to make that offer, it's because they like you. (laughs) They like you on a different level. And that was never addressed, really. And it's just like, well, surely you even just have that conversation, right? Just have that conversation. Now, there was that throwaway little bit like, oh, we kind of fooled about the idea of... But it's like you thought about it or did you do something for a few months? Like what? What happened? Because you don't really go into that. You know, it's just these just these kind of generic things that keep on getting thrown in and in and in and in. Even just the whole daughter thing. 
you know, to use as a spoil. It's just a little bit like, ugh. Come on. Like, there's so many things that, that, you know, that could have been used to, you know, propel the story. You're just throwing that one in. It's just a little bit like, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. And then it's like the language that was used for like the sex scenes. I think the first sex scene was just one of the, oh, man. It it was just like some of the stuff that was, it was so crazy. I, I wrote some of it down just because like, um, you know, Ren says, um, she smells like bubble bath, caramel, and sex. Oh, and heaven. Like, you know, the and heaven is like the tag on to it. It's like, oh, like bubble bath, caramel, sex. Oh, yeah, and heaven, and heaven. And it's just like, smells like bubble bath. But, but bubble bath isn't a smell, Bubble baths have different smells. So, like, what sort of bubble bath? Was it a caramel bubble? Like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? Sex, that has a, like, you know what I mean? There is a smell. There's different, people have different smells. It's just like, and search. It's just like, come on. Like, what are you doing? You know? Um, what another classic from that that was uh, I spill a little as I move in to taste her, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> just the tip of my tongue against her small hard pearl, and it's just like, no one's saying that, like no, like I have never said to a girl, oh my tongue against your pearl. Oh, it's so good. I, 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 even talking with people, I have heard no one ever go. Uh, like, it, on the girl's side, I love it when a guy, you know, just licks my pearl. Like, no one says that. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, like, just these words are from a terrible, you know, like, erotic fiction, you know, like, she smells like sex and heaven, I spilled a little as I moved forward, just, it was, it was just bad, like, the, the, the sex scene writing, because the other writing isn't bad, it's just, you know, I think the premise that infuriated me. But with the sex scenes, it was, the writing was bad. <laughs> I mean, the writing, it's like, it was still caught in that, um, but you kind of feel like you would write that stuff, and write it like that, before you've had sex, right? So you're still virgin, you know, when you're young, and, you know, you're thinking, oh, what's it going to be like? Oh, man, I bet she's going to smell like heaven. Oh, I can't wait. You know, and like girls be like, you know, say reading these stupid little magazines. And so the, the terminology that would be in those, oh, 
remember, make sure the guy pays attention to your pearl. You know, so that's what this, like, this thing seems read like they were written by someone like that. You know what I mean? It, it just, they weren't great. <laughs> they weren't great. Um, And I think also, like, with the book, with the story, so you, you know I mean, you now have this gap, right, that isn't really explained like what happens in that time and i'm assuming it's probably about 2 years you know because you can't get divorced straight away because then that's obviously like hmm i think that was just for a green card so you have to be married for a certain period of time and even because i know people that have been you know got married like but not for a green card but just legitimate marriage and it's still difficult to get the green card right it, you, you don't kind of automatically get it get it so it's just right so what is the period here like what are we talking you know but the way it's written, I'm, I'm figure it's two years, you know. But it's just like, so what happens in that time? So you can see that different things have happened. Like Ren has kind of changed his career direction. Um, she's done some new things, but on a you know your mindset from this thing that nearly happened to where because it's not really broken down not really broken down to be honest you know and i feel that's a shame but yeah you know listen i'm saying all of this right but let's be honest this wasn't for me like this wasn't written for me you know what i mean this is written for people that kind of like I'd say it's probably more in the chit chit lick chit lit chick lit chick lit you know that romance stuff right so it is for people that enjoy that type of um story right and there's nothing wrong with that it's just yeah not necessarily me, um, though I do if it's written in a certain way, right, but yeah, this, you know, people that love that genre, and just read a lot in that genre, I dip my foot in every now and again, I'm not even foot, I'd say toe, right, um, so yeah, for me, it doesn't work, but for someone that's in it, in it, yeah, I'm sure they they will love this because it does hit those those points that people love in you know this sort of story, right? The the meet up, the attraction doesn't quite go, and then ah, oh, you're going in different directions, but you come, to, you know what I mean? It, it, it hits all of that. So I imagine if you're a big fan, you, this will be for you for sure, right? So um, I always think. Do the audiobook. Just because I think the, the, the narration plays a huge part. Right? Plays a huge part into bringing a story to life. And 
hey, when it's done good, it's done good. And this isn't bad, right? This isn't bad. I would say Jesse Romeo's guy voices can be um, a little on the generic side. But all in all, audio, the, the narration was good. So, um, yeah. If you like a little romance chit little chit lit trit lit, um, then you know if I don't have you, could very well be your street. So uh, you know, go check it out. Right, cool. Okay, people. So we're coming to that point again. Before we end though people Let's take a look And see what's happening in the world of uh, Television Now The CW That owns the Powerpuff Girls They're uh, Yeah they're gonna make a live Action version Yes That is correct We're gonna get a live action uh, Powerpuff Girls So with the you know original right their um kindergarten age kindergarten that's like nursery age that means they're like four or something right i don't know all of that shit back i have no clue <laughs> what that means i think they're four which is weird but hey ho um but this new version will have them as disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime fighting. While they agree to reunite now that the world needs them more than ever. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Dia- Diabli... Diabli... Yeah, Diablo Cody... Mm-hmm. Yes, is um, creating the project along with Heather Regina, um, and they're working with Greg Berlanti. You know, so they're all going to be executive producing. Um, yeah, so that's going to. Uh, that's gonna happen Kind of odd, right? But, I don't know Maybe it will work <laughs> Who knows, man um, So the C- CBS um, Or Access They have got a Stand miniseries Which is, you know An adaptation of the Stephen King Book And that is going to be hitting the airways on the 17th of December. So, uh, yeah, fans, um, yeah, fans of the book can hope that it's better than the original series. That was that, I feel that dropped in the 80s, you know, maybe the early 90s. Who knows? Uh, Josh Boone um, directed it. Um, yeah, I think he wrote and um, produced it as well. Ben Cavill is the showrunner. 
So you can expect to um, see people like Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail, James Marsden as Stu Redman, Amber Heard is Nadine Cross, Joven Adepo is Larry Underwood, um, Heather Graham is Rita Blackmore. Hopefully all of that makes, <laughs> you know, uh, makes sense to people because I have no clue what any of that means. Okay, so, um, yeah, this is interesting. Um, there's going to be a reunion of the original uh, West Wing cast along with uh, Aaron Sorkin, right? So they're going to film it in... Um, <clears throat> In the Orpheum Theatre in um, LA And uh, yeah, it's going to hit HBO Max um, in the fall So uh, yeah, I'm assuming it's probably going to be around the election time But what they're going to do, they're um, doing a uh, theoretical um interpretation of Heartland's landing which was um three episodes that man there was a few different threads that ran through all of that so you had uh president bartlett playing chess with um sam and toby uh and it was meant to mirror his brinkmanship with the Chinese government. You also had Josh, you know, dealing with some primary results in New Hampshire. And CJ and Charlie were um, in a prank war. So, yeah, everyone is reprising their roles. And supposedly Sorkin is writing... Um, New material for the piece as well So, uh, yeah Man, I, I really enjoyed those um, Those early seasons of The West Wing I still haven't seen the last one I have it But yeah, I um, just haven't got around to watching it yet Which is insane uh, So, another NBC bit of news They have ordered director series Their... Uh, Kate McKinnon, Carol Baskin uh, limited series. So it's going to be eight episodes, and they say it's going to be a cross-platform venture. So between NBC, USA Network, and the Peacock. I don't really know what that means, but uh, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> you know what I mean As uh, I, I'm sure people know Nicolas Cage is going to be playing um... Oh no Nicolas Cage isn't playing Joe Exotic Hmm Okay so he's part of a different version um, But it's uh, Ethan Frankel is uh, writing the script McKinnon is executive producing Along with um, 
Herman Lopez, uh, Marshall Louis, Aaron Hart. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It could, it could work, you know. But I wonder if they're gonna go into, um, you know, the whole Baskin and her ex-husband situation, you know. I don't know, we'll see what happens Okay, so I'm not really surprised by this But uh, Netflix Have cancelled Altered Carbon Um, You know It had two seasons Right So I mean I I think the reasoning was It cost a lot You know And the viewership didn't quite warrant, you know, them investing all of that money into something else. Like, I did think the second season was a big improvement on the first. But it was still kind of problematic. Like, the animated um, film was better. But, yeah, you know. Uh, now, funny enough, Netflix have also just released a uh, a 32-minute documentary called The Making of the Witcher, you know, uh, which offers an in-depth look at the history, um, you know, of the adaptation of the fantasy series. So, um, yeah, I think that will be fun. Because, I look, uh, people had issues with the time jumps, which I did feel was very clear, right? But, yeah, I did enjoy the, um, I did enjoy the first season. I've read all the books. I like the books. You know, so I'm looking forward to see how they bring the rest of it all to life. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think uh, this will be very interesting So if you have Netflix and you enjoyed The Witcher Hey, go explore Find out the backstory and whatnot But people, I think this is where we put a pin in it Yep, I think we are the done Alright, so uh, yeah Have fun And we'll see you next Wednesday. Alright? Cool.